Uh, welcome to another another powerful and exciting episode of the Our Change podcast. And as you guys know, it won't be no different because you know here we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about personal development, and we are going to walk down the journey of those two worlds. And just know in every episode, you will never think the same, you never move the same, you never work the same because the information will be able to transform your life. And today is no different. Um, just be ready to sit back, enjoy the journey of someone that has went out and built a business. And um, hopefully that this, hopefully this inspires you to do the same. So here today we have Mr. Ricky. How you doing yes, today, sir. man? Doing great, my man. That's good, that's yes, good. Sir. So the first question I wanna ask you is, well, you know what? Before I ask you that question, let's okay. do this first. Okay. Because I want to start painting this picture of how I'm connecting with people, mm -hmm. but I don't want to tell a story. I want you to tell it of how we connected okay. in the most truest form. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, naturally, uh, I want to say you guys reached out on uh, on doing a podcast, and um, one of my assistants she reached back out to me and asked me if I wanted to do a podcast. I'm like, I, I've never done a podcast before. What would I talk about? And she was just basically your life experiences. I was like, ah, I can talk about my life experiences all day. And she put us in contact with each other. And I said, well, yeah, I'm gonna reach out. And then I was more like adamant about wanting to do it because I had been thinking about doing a podcast or doing a podcast room. So I'm like, well, you know what? What better way to get some experience with doing a podcast by actually coming on somebody else's platform and, right. and talking it up a little bit and seeing what that interaction was like. So you guys reached out, then we connected back with you, exchanged phone numbers for a little bit, then you reached out, we did a whole little interview talk a little bit to kind of get to know each other a little mm -hmm. bit, and then uh, invited you out to the office, and sh we here. So it's, 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 that's, that's as organic as it can be. As organic as it can be, and now yeah. we're here today. Yes, sir. So my first question to you is this. If you was to get invited to a networking event, right? Okay. And they give you an opportunity to speak, and okay. you walking up on stage, they hand you the microphone. How would you introduce yourself, tell people who you are, and your business? What would you say to them? Um, and they gave me a chance to speak. So uh, I would probably, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm high energy as far as just if I'm ever on the mic and I'm in front of people, I'm high energy. I like to throw some jokes out there to get people laughing a little bit to kind of like bring down the nervousness of the room. Um, so I would probably come with some little icebreaker joke in some kind of way, um, but then I'll dive into uh, who I am as far as just my upbringing probably, and, and then when I dive into who I am as a, as a person and maybe talk about the business, as far as what I do, man, I've been doing it so long that it's almost like I can't even really explain what I do. I just do it. You right. know what I mean? So that's part of it, but as far as the businesses I have, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Like, 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 I don't know if I can cuss on here, but I'm, I'm a dead ass entrepreneur to the point where I've always thought that way. I've always, I've always knew I, I never wanted to work for anybody. I always wanted to create my own time and be my own boss and, and some aspects. And so, um, it, I would just say I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a true fashion of entrepreneur. So I've, I've been debating with people on the definition of a serial entrepreneur. Okay. What What's the definition of serial entrepreneur? Meaning I'm committed to the journey. I'm committed to that it ain't gonna always be pretty. It ain't gonna always be the best of situations. Uh, you know, you ain't gonna always have the best financial situation. You ain't gonna probably have the best opportunity in front of you. But at the end of the day, 
the journey and the steps you take of building something is what I'm committed to. Um, uh, and being my own, being my own boss, like owning my own time and um, those things there is what I'm committed to. And, you know, it comes with, it comes with investments in yourself. It comes with investments in other people. So uh, I think a serial entrepreneur is someone that's committed to uh, committed to that for themselves. And, 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 and they could probably take another job somewhere else, probably making more money. But at the end of the day, they won't be able to own their own time. Right. And they won't be able to have something that they created that they're you know, being, being able to do. So for, for me, that's, that's what it is for me, always wanting to be in that situation. From, as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So serial entrepreneurship isn't necessarily the amount of businesses you have and how much revenue you're bringing in per business. No. Because I've heard someone say a serial entrepreneurship is owning more than two to three businesses that's bringing in over $100,000. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you got no money value on it. I think you can be an entrepreneur, you got a lemonade stand, you're out there getting it in with the lemonade stand, you're an entrepreneur at the end of the day. I think it's just uh, finding ways to create, uh, create businesses, create your own revenue, um, and, and it's something that you came up with, you know what I mean? Or even maybe something that you modeled something after somebody else, and, and, you, and you did it that way. But no matter what, it's something that you, you're putting your own time and energy into, and you are the go-to person for it. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's what I would say, but it wouldn't be the fact you gotta have two or three businesses to have that. I think you can be, I think you can be employed and still be an entrepreneur on the side. You may not be a serial entrepreneur to the point where you've completely dropped everything as far as working for somewhere else um, and still be an entrepreneur, but you'll be a serial entrepreneur when you just, you're not doing nothing else. This is only thing you focus in on is just doing business and creating other businesses and doing things that, that way. Got you. So you said something just now of being the go-to person mm -hmm. for that thing, right? Yep. You are the go-to person for yeah. party buses. Access Houston. Access Houston. Yep, Access Houston, uh, Crush City Innovations. Um, both of those businesses, I, I'm definitely I'm the go-to. Go-to. Yeah. Got you. So Access Houston, mm -hmm. it's a party rental, party bus experience. Luxury transportation. So our concept is luxury at your leisure. Luxury at your leisure. Luxury at your leisure. And, and we have party buses. We have sprinters. We have a, a party bike. Um, our, uh, at the end of the day, our whole concept is to get you uh, wherever you're trying to go, wherever that experience you want to have, get you there safely and get you back safely. Um, and let it be, you don't have to worry about thinking about that. You know what I mean? You don't have to think about who's going to be the, you know, the designated driver, who's going to be this, who's going to be that, who, who can't drink tonight, who got it, we got you. Got you're, you. You're in good hands, we got you. you. Just get in, enjoy the experience, a party on wheels if you want to say that. Um, but it's luxury at your leisure, um, and it's something that uh, I've been doing for probably like the year, past year and a half maybe. Yeah. So how many, how many uh, I guess, vehicles or buses, how many yeah. things do you have in your I'm fleet my right fleet? now? Um, we have... We have one sprinter um, and two party buses. I call it one sprinter, then we have the luxury bus, which is like a mid-sized bus, but it's considered a party bus still. And then we have our premium party bus. So we have three vehicles that we do party buses with, basically. And then we have, uh, we have two party bikes. We got one, well, we got one that's getting shipped over now, so that's coming over the next two weeks. And then we got one party bike that's in rotation now. So, uh, so all together, I would say five, you know, take the two, par two party bikes and the three buses, 
I would say five vehicles in rotation in the fleet. Um, what did you start off with? I started off with the Sprinter, but the Sprinter wasn't the first idea. The Sprinter wasn't even the first idea. The first idea happened before COVID. Before COVID even kicked off, uh, I, I was able to do a, um, a party bike ride. One of, one of my good friends, she invited me out on a, um, a, a party bike ride for her birthday. And I rode on a party bike. Here and it in was Houston? Here in Houston, yeah. And from that, from that day, I was like, man, we got to do something with this. I got to do something with this. And from there, uh, COVID hits, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I ended up doing scooters. There was like a big craze of scooters. And I did scooters. Like I was one of the first people in Houston, maybe like me and two other companies, like one of the first people to start doing scooters in like uh, Discovery Green area. And so we had maybe like, I might have had about maybe 15 to 20 scooters out there at the time. And I put one of my boys in charge. I let him run. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to make the investment. What, did, you have yeah. to get, did you have to get permission from the city to do that? No. At the time, it was like freaking wild, wild west, bro. Like, so backtrack a little bit. 20, let's say 20, 2018 or so, 2018. I went to the city to try to get scooters to come to the city. I'm from the Bay Area, so the, in the Bay Area, those scooters are like a normal right. thing. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, I need to bring that to Houston. And Houston don't have that. Well, the city of Houston didn't approve to have scooters in the city like that, where you can just, you know, pay for them and drop mm -hmm. them off anywhere else. And they didn't want, I guess they didn't want the city to be all, you know, junky with just scooters laying around everywhere. Right. But uh, I was out and I did that, I did that party bike ride and I saw some scooters out, out at the same time, and it was a different concept. It was like you would check your ID in, and you'll have to bring the scooter back. Mm. So you just didn't leave the scooter anywhere. So I'm like, oh, that's the route right there. That's the play. And so, no, you didn't have to get approved by the city at that time or none of that. It was just, you know, get you some scooters and get out there and get it how you live. So that's just what it was. And so um, we, I kicked off a scooter company first, uh, 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 Scooter Swag. We kicked off that first. And I was just like a silent partner behind the scenes. I came with the vision and I gave it to my boy and let him run with it. And we kicked that off uh, 2020 in November. Thanksgiving night was like our first little night out doing it. And we got it in. And Discovery Green, that, that happened for a good little minute. I let him run the business. How much you made that first night? First night we made about $2,000. $2,000 the first night. How much was the initial investment? My initial investment was five. Five k Five k We made $2,000 our first night out. And we made five k uh, when the five like K was an investment. Oh, good night, great, great night, great situation. But even then, it was just like me putting the money behind my my, my boy to get him on. You know what I'm saying? Like let him get situated, because I had already was doing some other stuff and I didn't have time to like run that business right. and run these other businesses. And so I was I was just putting him on. So he he got kicking with that. So we did that for a minute. And I was still checking in on that business and seeing that it was it was growing in the right ways. The city came in, kicked everybody out of Discovery Green, and you had to go figure out other ways to make it happen. At this point, I had got my investment back already. So I was kind of hands off with the business. I was focused on some other stuff. And then it came back around. I was like, man, I need to get this party bike idea off the ground. So I invested into a party bike. I spent about 25,000 on a party bike. How many seats on a uh, party bike? On a seat is 14 seats. 14 seats on a party bike. It's about 25,000 on a party bike. I, I bought the bike from China. At the time, when I bought the bike, uh, Trump was in the White House still, and Trump had all the sanctions against China. So to get the party bike over from China, 
it was taking forever and they wanted to charge me like maybe like fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars just to ship the bike. And so I was like, you know, I'm gonna just wait. I'ma just wait before I pay fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars get the bike shipped. I'ma just hold off. And I waited like a year before my bike. My bike was already built, already waiting, and I'm like, man, I'm not paying no fifteen thousand dollars to ship this bike, I'm gonna wait. I waited, the sanctions came down, uh Biden got into Biden got into the White House and uh and and then some other things changed out and I ended up paying like seven thousand or something to ship my bike. So I got my bike over here from then. But the concept of that, the bike was like the first thing before it was the Sprinter. The Sprinter just came about because I ended up buying it right here in Houston. Right. And I was able to make a play off that. And the bike was still hung up in China, still waiting to get sent over. But the Sprinter was a play. And I got the Sprinter, um, I forgot what, 2021 or whatever the case might be. And, um, early on, I put some money in the Sprinter. And the Sprinter was the first vehicle I had in rotation that was actually making me money. Uh, at that time, versus anything, and then that's what's making the money at so, the time. Where where you getting the money from to 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 put up for for the bike? Was it from a um, when I got a business loan? You put yeah. up your own capital. How did that work? Yeah, good question. So uh, so I said Crush City. So Crush City, I've been cr doing Crush City Innovations for the past ten years. So that's a marketing company that I own as well, and I've been doing fairly well with that. And so. I don't, it's not, yes. not that I don't believe in getting loans. What's fairly well? Like really well, <laughs> really well, really well for myself. Like, well, like first you said fairly, now you said really well. Well, well, I mean, fairly, fairly is me being modest, but at the same don't be time, modest. like, no, I'm, I'm doing good, like for sure. Like I'm straight for sure. And so, uh, so, so with, with Crush City Innovations, um, I, I, I kicked that off and I did, like I said, I've been doing that for 10 years now. And so I made my money in that. I made my money in that. And that's just like, that's retail, retail marketing. So if you ever go into like a, 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 a Sam's Club mm -hmm. and you see the people trying to sell you a cell phone, those are my, depending on what Sam's Club you go into, those are some of my employees that's doing that. So I make money. I have partnerships that I have with, you know, certain retailers and certain. Uh, so you a partner with a T-Mobile. And they'll put a representative or or AT&T or uh, these are some of the brands that we represent. And and uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and they'll put well, I'll put I will put an employee in the store, cell phones, whatever the case may be. And I always thought that that person was a part of a Sam's Club or a, a, a AT&T or the yeah. T-Mobile. I didn't know it was like a third party. Thing. Yeah, it's a third party. Yeah, we're a third party, third party vendor for sure. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, that. so that's where the money came from initially. <clears throat> And then take that fast forward. Then you hit. Then you hit COVID. COVID happens, right? So then we're like, okay, damn. When COVID, we slowing down. And then you know they come with the PPP. So that was that was a play for a good little minute. I took that and did good with that. Invested that money the right way. I ain't do nothing crazy like some other people. <laughs> I ain't do no craziness. I invest that money the right way. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we invest that money the right way. And but I was already doing good with that. So. I put, I put my own money into it. I put my own money into it. So my, my first Sprinter, my own capital into it, yep. My first, my Sprinter costed 40 grand. So I paid 40 for the for the Sprinter. Maybe about 42. About 42, cashed out for that. And then I put some money into it. And then we put it on, we put on, put it, put it out there. Now, let's put a pin in this for a second. Okay. 
two questions I got. One is, it seemed like, and this is just from my point of view, it seemed mm-hmm. like when when I'm in the store and I see those people selling cell phones and stuff, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's very profitable. It seemed like they get so many no's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's how just how it seems to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they are getting a lot of no's for sure. Um, but at the same time, on the other side of that, they're getting some, uh, the yeses matter because of how much we're making off the one yes. You know what I mean? The value that we bring with that one customer we're getting a yes from is a lot of value. Um, and so we get paid pretty well off one yes. You know what I mean? The lifetime value that one customer comes over. And you put that together with multiple yeses. You know, I got some guys that in, in my office right now with Crush City is making $1,500 a week, $2,000 a week doing it and making mm. some really good money, you know, eight, $800 a week, 1000 bucks a week doing it. And they're learning skills because it's a management and training program. You talk about entrepreneurship, I'm teaching it daily with Crush City. So they're seeing me not only seeing me do what I do with Crush City, but also seeing what I do with Access Houston at the same time. And they're learning and picking things up, whether it's how to interview people the right way, how to train, how to hire, how to develop someone the right way, how to get people thinking the right way as well. And they're doing all those things. So the small part of what we do when it comes to that business is what you see in the retail space. You see that in the retail space, I think that's just what it is. Like, oh, that's not much opportunity there. But there's a bigger picture because that same person that's in that retail location has an opportunity to, at some point to get a chance to run their own branch and get a chance to run their own business at some point once they graduate that program. So that program that we have at Crush City, is a, it's a, like an eight to 12 month program that you can come in, learn the ins and outs about the business model and then graduate that program and then get a chance to run your own business with it. Mm. Now you're creating financial freedom for yourself, your family or whatever the case may be. And now we're teaching that and then saying, okay, how do you take that and do something else with it? Got you. you know I mean? And that's I love what that I've concept. been able to do. Yeah, yeah. I love that concept. Yeah, that's sure. genius. That's what that's how it's working that's for genius. us. That's how it's working for us. When they when they so the build out of their own company. Yep. Um do you fund that? I fund that. I fund that. I help them I help fund that for sure. So uh I'm an I'm an I'm I'm an investor. And do you get your money in the front end or the back end in equity? I'm getting back in. I like I'm, this I'm guy. Getting, I'm getting back in. <laughs> I'm getting back in. I'm getting residual income based off that. You know what I mean? So uh, I get a residual payout based off me helping putting them in business. Right. Me helping put them in business, I get a residual uh, kickback from that, from the clients that we work with as well because I'm helping grow the business model. So as long as I help grow the business model, I'm getting a residual income off of sales that are done in that market or whatever the case may be, which is good for me because the, the small investment I may make, I can average you make anywhere from eighteen to twenty thousand dollars off one office that I set up or one business that I set up. You know what I mean? Well, and I'm that's only what, spending, monthly, weekly, daily. Uh, that's that's annually. That's annually. annually. Yeah, that's annually. Eighteen to twenty thousand annually. Um, so you think about that, you put five people into business for themselves, you're looking at about eighty to a hundred thousand dollars just some residual income that right. you're seeing for yourself. So we just recently been able to do that with a guy uh, in, in Bentonville, uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas here recently. So now he's getting set up now and that's just gonna be residual income. So it's just us teaching that on a consistent basis of what it's like and what you gotta do to make that happen. And so we got about, we have about, mm, about 45 employees, about 45 employees that works with us now in Crush City. And um, we teach that, so I'm doing that and Access Houston. And it's all kind of, all kind of right. comes together. Now, my next question is: You said you put up 
the 40,000 cash, mm -hmm. you cashed out. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is this, uh, is that a good thing to do, cash out? Because I've heard that the money that you put up, yeah. you could have put it into another vehicle that will make you more money. Why not go ahead and use OPM, Okay. pay a little interest, yeah. So let's say the interest will be like let's say let's hypothetically yeah. interest is five percent, right? Yeah. Why not use OPM at five yeah. percent and put your money into something else that could bring you back twenty percent, and now you get to yeah max uh you get to earn fifteen percent. That makes sense. What I'm saying? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it was just in my head the way I seen it, it was just like it was okay. So. Let, let's okay. So this was my concept, and this is what, I, and this is kind of how I look at it. So when I first started my entrepreneur journey, I started off throwing parties. Okay, I started off throwing parties. That's kind of really where I started to kind of get onto the entrepreneurship. Um, like a Larry Morrow. I don't even know who that is. Okay, but like I was throwing parties. Gotcha, so let's gotcha. say I'm invited out to a party, come right. to a party. That was my way of getting an entrepreneur. Gotcha. Okay, but now I'm putting money and investing money into this party. Okay. But if y'all don't show up, people don't show up to the party, I done lost. That stress that you have to go through to put that money in and hope people show up, that's a lot of stress you're building. So now when it came to me buying this, this bus, I was like, the Sprinter, I'm like, I don't want to owe nobody. I don't want to have the stress of, I got to make this payment every week. I'm just going to cash out for it. And if it work, it work. If it don't, I got a Sprinter. I can always resell this thing if I needed to. I got it on the low end. That Sprint I bought for 40, I can sell that Sprinter right now for 80, 90,000 if I want to sell it right now for that much. Because I got it when people was trying to get off of them mm. when COVID first hit. And the, the business model, the, the whole concept of transportation service was going out of business and people did that whole concept of renting from somebody else. And now they had them payouts and they didn't have the money to pay out because there wasn't nobody renting no more. Right. So I got it on the low end for right. 40. So, so I was already thinking that way. And then I was like, okay, I don't want to owe nobody. Well, this, whether this Sprinter move or don't move, I don't want to have the stresses of I got to make sure it's moving. I don't want to have, if I don't want to, so for me, it was the, also the other point where I wanted to be able to turn down business if I didn't want business. When you, when you get into other people's money, you got these bills you got to pay, sometimes you held hostage to that. And so I didn't want to be held hostage to that whole concept. I want to say, okay, if I want to go out and do it, I do it. If I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. You know what I mean? Just the freedom of that was what I wanted. So when I went and cashed out for that it was like okay cool if that thing my sprinter sat for a minute because i put it in the shop so i bought it and i put it in the shop and spent another maybe 10 10 to 12 in it as well just getting it right and getting the right. look right for yeah. it and so when that when i brought it out okay it was like okay i probably made like six grand that first month with it i probably made like five the next month with it i've done probably bumped up and made like a 20 piece with it or whatever the case would be but it was on my own terms because i didn't owe nobody for it you know what i mean i had to worry about paying nobody else for it so that was my thought process. I do get the concept of like, okay, yeah, take take ten of it, invest, go ahead and make get a monthly payment on that. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I think if you ain't if you ain't got the bread, I think you do it that way. If you ain't got the money, I think you do it that way. But if you got the money, I'd rather just do it myself. Just you know cash I mean? out. I'd rather just do it myself. Yeah. And it's not always just cashing out on it. It was just I'd rather just I'd rather not have no nobody else involved with it with me you know what i mean or even taking somebody else's money i just rather do it myself ain't nothing wrong yeah with that. i'm gonna put my own money I'm gonna put my own risk in 
And you know what I mean? That's just some old school thinking back in the day on some other stuff right. that, that I was involved in. I'm going to get it myself. I'm going to put my own money up. I ain't, you don't got to front me nothing. I'm cool. Right. So, yeah. Got you. Yeah. Okay, so let's digress a little bit. So, yep. first, first, uh, you got your um, party bike. Yep. 14 seats. Yep. It gets to Houston. Yep. What's the first move with that? First move with that, it gets to Houston. Um, I got to find somewhere to store it because it's, it's huge as hell. It's 18 feet long. So you didn't think about that before? I was. I was thinking about that before. So I'm like, I got to I gotta get somewhere to store it. So I'm like, I got to get to the storage. So I get to the storage unit. That's the first place I go to storage unit. And then my next thought, which was, I was always thinking about the stuff, but it was taking me time to kind of identify where to put it at. I mean, taking me time to figure out where to, how to set it all up. I needed somewhere where I can be and be stationary with it. You know what I mean? Versus having to always bring it back and forth. And I did a lot of um, market analysis and secret shopping, I guess you can call it, or just uh, checking out the competition and seeing what the competition had to offer as well and what they were doing with theirs. And I was like, you know what? Third Ward area is, is a good fit for me. Um, and so that's where I wanted to be with it. And so, like I said, I, I rode on a couple other bikes. I, did, I rode on a bike in Atlanta for a good little minute. I rode on a bike in uh, in, uh, in in Midtown, and I rode on a, another uh, company that has a, a bike in Third Ward. I rode on all these different bikes, just kind of seeing what kind of flavor they had, how they was doing their thing. This was before you got it or afterwards, or while you were in the process of getting it? I'd already got it. I'd already paid for it, but this was after, like, once I got it here, now I'm like, okay, what route am I going to run with this? Am I going to put my bike in Midtown? I'm gonna put my bike in third. Where I'm where I'm gonna put my bike at, where I can make the most value for what I got going on. And so I rode on those bikes at that time, and I was trying to create my route at that same time as well. So I was doing all this. So the bike at this time is just put in storage, just sitting there, waiting to be brought out, right? Waiting for us to get the whole marketing scheme going on it. And then I bought a trailer because I was gonna put my bike on a trailer, so I gotta take it from from the storage unit to get it out there. So uh, I bought a trailer. And then I was thinking of buying a truck to pull it on the trailer for a minute, but I didn't want to make the big investment on a truck that I wasn't going to use for nothing else but to just bring it out. Right. Bring it out there. I'm like, that's, that's a stupid investment. I'm just going to be bringing it out there. So I got to I got to figure out how to do something else. So then I'm like, okay, well, I can just go run a U-Haul. U-Haul, like $19. You know, go get the U-Haul real quick. And that can, you know what I mean? I can do that all day long with, with that. So I, I was going with that option for the, for the first part of it. And it was just us hitting roadblock after roadblock, you know what I mean, hurdles just kind of identifying how we was going to make it work. And uh, after we figured that out, okay, that's not going to work the best. And then we had the bike set up somewhere else, so we was constantly taking it back and forth. And there was just too much risk. I felt like I was taking, moving my bike that far and having to put my bike on a, on a tow truck and doing so much stuff. So I identified and I found a spot for me to be in, in, in the third world area. So now I don't have to, you know, uh, do so much uh, going to go pick it up and bring right. it back and all this other stuff. And so, um, so I identified that, got a good deal on, on the spot, and so now we, we go from right there. So that was like, a, that took me maybe, it took us probably a good solid eight, eight months before we identified that location. After searching all the places we can possibly find and put it somewhere, put it somewhere, we finally found a good spot, and that's where we're at now. And so, uh, yeah, we, it took us about eight months to identify that. So once we got started, then the marketing team behind all that was a big deal, trying to figure out how to get the back end to work out the right way as far as, like, how are we going to get people to, to book it 
and then you know getting your all your stuff set up to take payments as well like all that was a big process then we didn't I didn't know that because it was so much different from my marketing company this was a service business right. you know what I mean so now you're in a service business and you got to be able to take payments it's a little bit different so like you can only do cash app or Zelle for so long before it's like okay you, you looking kind of scammy out here you need to straighten your you know what I mean so that was a big deal for a minute once we identified that it was like okay we off to the races now now we can really put ourselves out there and then um so now we just you know kind of fast forward I'm, I'm probably talking a little ahead of myself now we got the, the tow truck coming where i'm got my i got my second bike coming we're gonna put the second bike in midtown and we got a tow truck we got a, i'm buying a tow truck so that's gonna be in play as well and then the concept with the tow truck is now i can tow that bike to midtown now i got to tow that bike to midtown now i can be in the tow industry as well so I'm gonna take that bike, that tow truck. Now he gonna be towing cars at the same time. Oh, go tow my man. It's, it's, it's a all whole win-win. All win-win all around. So it just makes sense now to do it that way versus um, doing it any other way. And how long is the route? The route. Um, I mean, how, and, the tour. The tour is a two-hour tour. Two-hour. It's a two-hour tour. Um, and and the bike is 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 it's uh, battery operated. You don't have to pedal at all. Um, we're probably. I, I think we're. Going, yeah, yeah. We're we're probably. I didn't even say probably. I, I, we are the only bike in Houston where you don't have to pedal at all, like on no level. Like we reverse ourselves, we roar everything. You don't have to pedal. Now, if you want to pedal, you can pedal, but it ain't really moving the bike at all. You can just do it just for for exercise if you want to, but right. you don't actually have to pedal on our bike. So um, it's 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 a uh, battery operated when it comes to that part of it. Um, um, it's a cool setup. We got the best host, the best best team in the city when it comes to just enjoying yourself. Like, it's a it's a good vibe. Like, if you come into Houston, hands down, a party bike experience is probably top three experiences you're gonna probably get in Houston. I think. And that is that's not an all year round experience, huh? It, it it's not just because Houston do get a little cold. Like right now, we got a little cold front coming through. But I think I I didn't see people going. They gonna put their sweaters on, their jackets on. And they still want that experience, so it's going to kind of be good. Only time it's not good right now, I would say, is when it's raining. But I'm probably going to come with the, the, uh, the, the plastic or whatever to block out the rain on the side of the bike. Because the, the bike sits like this, so off the awning, it'll be like a little plastic. So you can still be on the bike, still getting the experience, not getting rained on completely, and bring out some plastic. So I, I, just being an entrepreneur, thinking solution-oriented. Right. Thinking of ways like, okay, all right, if it do rain, what can we do about the rain? Okay, let's come with this. But then we got party buses. So now if it rain, okay, cool, no problem. You booked it, you, we can just transfer you to a party bus now. So we got a couple of different options that we can give people that a lot of the companies don't have that we have because we got, we got, we got options. So, yeah. Let's, let, let's talk about the numbers behind the, this uh, party bike. Okay. So um, it's the, a play. Is it, is it by seat you charge per seat? We charge per seat. It's 40 bucks per seat. 40 bucks per seat. 40 bucks per seat, and 14 four, passengers. 14 passengers for two hours. Two hours. Let's do the number. So 40 times 14 You looking at is... I, I want to say it's 560. 560. Is it 560? 14 times... Yeah, grab one of them joints. 14 times uh, 40. Two mm-hmm. hours. Whew, that's fi- five... 560. 560. It's 560? Mm-hmm. So that's 560. Um, in on two a, hours. On two hours, five sixty. We can do we can do a total of five tours on a Saturday. We can do a total of five tours on a Saturday. 
times five. Times five. You're looking at twenty eight hundred on a Saturday, and that's like that's like that's like if they don't buy hookah because you can purchase hookah on the bike as well. So let's just say twenty eight hundred, and then you can do that. Let's just say Thursday through Sunday. Let's say Thursday not a heavy day we book. Friday could be a good rotation. So Friday we can do three tours on a Friday, five tours on a Saturday, five tours on a Sunday. So you got an option of like thirteen tours between Friday through Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And let's say you might catch one on a Thursday. Let's say you don't catch one on a Thursday. But you might get you might get two on a Friday. You let's say you get let's say you get two on a Friday. Let's say you get three on a on, a, on a Saturday and you get three on a Sunday. So what's that? Eight tours? Eight tours, you can do eight times, times five sixty. Yeah, you can do eight times a five sixty. Let me see. You're looking at uh Four four thousand four hundred eighty bucks on a, on a, on a weekend shot. A weekend. Yeah, you do that and times that's just that by party bus. That's just a I party mean, bike. I mean, just a party bike. Yeah, Sorry. party bike. So the party bike is doing about twenty grand a month. Twenty a month. Twenty a month for sure. It's doing about twenty a month. It's that's doing about dope. it's doing about twenty a month. It's doing about twenty a month. And then that's just and that's us like, bro. I'm being dope, like so serious. That's us like not having no real marketing. Like we ain't got no marketing going like at all. We ain't got no ads running. Just word of mouth. Just word of mouth for us just taking some taking some content, posting stuff. That's no ads on Google. There ain't no ads on Facebook. There ain't no ads. It's no ads nowhere. That's just just word of mouth. You're blessed do to that. be able to run a business like that with not putting no money behind it yeah. and it's bringing in that revenue. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that's our weakness though. Like that's our weakness mm. right now. So if I if you were to ask me like, what's your weaknesses in your business right now? My weakness is that. We don't have our marketing is not consistent. You know what I mean? I think we should be booked up like crazy. You know what I mean? But our marketing is not consistent when it comes to that. So when I get my marketing on point, that that twenty gonna be like thirty five when our marketing on point. And then we get the next the next the next bus. I mean the next bike gonna come in. It's gonna be in Midtown. It ain't gonna it ain't gonna be it's no stop. Double us. that. It's gonna dub, double that for sure because. But the marketing, our marketing has to be on point. Now, were you running a market marketing agency? Yeah. You're not marketing that. Yeah. I, I got some questions for you, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, for what's sure, up? For sure. Like, how, well, for sure. So, so this is the key to that whole thing. My concept is the, like, I can't be everywhere, and 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 not only that, I want to just hire smart people. I know I I, I don't have the the market. I don't have the um, the digital background to create that. I didn't graduate from college. I didn't go. I mean, I didn't. I didn't go to college. I didn't graduate from high school. So you take all that consideration. And I said that it's made me incapable of doing things. I'm just saying, like, I know I need to hire smart people around me that knows that, that does that. And so I'm just looking for the right people. So with some business opportunities available, a job opportunities available for some people. What 100%. positions are you looking for? Uh, digital marketing. Digital marketing. Digital marketing. Uh, a social media manager. <clears throat> social media manager. Digital marketing. Public relations. Um, those. That's what I'm looking for all day long. The people that can get get the get the brand out there. Um, I'm working as far on, as Access Houston goes. As far as Access Houston. Right. As far as Access Houston for sure. So that's where you. So that's where you got that in place. So I just gotta hire the right people, get them around me, and then let them do what they do. And I just get out the way. I gotta get out the way. You know what I mean? And so that's that's super key. I think we got some stuff coming up. I'm, I got a team that's, that 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 I'm working right now. I feel strong about, um, but we just got to get consistent with that part of it. Once we that's, get consistent with that, 
it's going to turn the up. The team that's going to fill those obligations you just said. Yes. Got you. Yes, yes, 100%. Yep. Got you. Yep. And if they don't, then... Right. Yeah, we're going to make some moves. For sure. For sure, for sure. Turn around and read that for me. Okay. How do you define success in your business and the role you play in the company? Ooh, that's that's a good one. Okay, so we got to figure out, okay, so which company you want me to talk about more? Let's talk about... Let's talk about... Access Houston. Okay, Access Houston. How do I define success and uh, how do you define success in your business and the role you play in the company? Uh, defining success with Access Houston is making sure the uh, the clients have the best experience. Like that's that's probably one of the biggest things because since we know we are a smaller company, like we're the smallest party bike and party bus company in Houston. We're the smallest. We know we are. Since we know we are, we have to be one hundred percent. On our customer service we have to be 100% with all that we have to make sure that that's the golden standard for us it can't be like oh it was a good experience it has to be excellent over the top spectacular it has to be that in order for us to even move the needle because we're the smallest so I think that's that's our, our niche right there so as long as the customers have a great experience that's that's success for our business and then me defining my role is being able to provide the people that work with me an opportunity to not just work for me but also create revenue for themselves in some kind of way as well within what I'm doing. So I got to find ways for, if you're working with me, how can you uh, take what, like even like, like, like Tay, Tay's here right now. Tay used to work for Crush City, right? So I seen Tay like working for Crush City and she taught me about her YouTube. I'm like, oh, Tay, you do YouTube? You do that? Okay, come work with Access Houston. Oh, you do that? Okay, come work with my personal brand. Like just finding ways to be able to create opportunities for other people that's working with me to also have an opportunity for what they do. And so that's the role I play with what I do in my business. Is that is that hard to do, um, allowing people to, for you to help people create opportunities for themselves to make money? Because doesn't at some point that allows them to not focus on yours and start focusing more on theirs? Or, or how does that work? Um, you you want to sound? Yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do, I do. Um, yeah, as long as I can do it all within what we're doing and not compromise what they do with us, I'm fine with that. But if they find themselves saying, "Well, Rick, this is good for me," that's all I want because at the end of the day, you know, if you're working with me, I don't want you working with me forever. You know what I mean? I always want you figuring out how what's the next level for you Expanding for you to get to expand. Yes, exactly. Because as you move up, somebody else is gonna take your role. You know what I mean? As you go do something else. And then my my reward is being able to say this person started with me here and now look at them they over here now doing this, and there ain't no there ain't no credit to me that they're doing that versus just like I help them assist them into getting to those levels. You know what I'm saying? So 100%. it's just make sure I'm sharing and putting back in what somebody put into me. Hundred percent. That's where it's at. Yes, sir. If you can start your entrepreneurship journey over again, what would you? you have done faster if you can start your entrepreneurship journey over again what would you have done faster um i would have man honestly okay so i'm gonna say this and but i'll answer the question i wouldn't have changed nothing technically i really wouldn't change nothing at all but if i was to have to just make a decision on what i would have done faster i probably would have um I probably would have, uh, I don't even know like what I would have done. I would have committed, uh, I would have committed harder to, I would have committed, 
I don't even know, bro. Like, I, honestly, my journey has been so, like, so awesome. I don't even know what I would have changed or done faster. Like, it's like, it's like not even nothing I can really just pinpoint. It, like, oh, I should do this before this. Like, I would have done something faster. No. No, cause, cause everything is played out the way it should. When I, when I think about my entrepreneurship, like how I came into it. Right. Like, the, like, okay, I needed that to happen for me to get here. I needed that to happen for me to get here. Because if I'd have done that faster, I, it wouldn't have worked out the way it worked out for me right. to get to this level to understand what I understand right now. Right. So I wouldn't have done nothing just faster versus um, could I have got out of something earlier? Yes. Now, that may be a thing, right? Because you think about being an entrepreneur, I mean, I've tried everything you could think of when it comes to different things from trying to sell organic organic gold or Amway or, um, um, you know, uh, knives, Cutco or uh, Kirby vacuum cleaners and all. I've done so, I'd have got out of that stuff faster, right? But even those little experiences kind of helped me out to get to where I'm at now. Got you. Yeah, for sure. I say, can you describe a time when you had to pivot your business strategy and what led to that decision? Oh, definitely. So COVID was COVID was real. Um, COVID was was really real, and I I was challenging people online to be able to find another hustle. And so I'm like, man, if this don't bring out the hustling in you, then you never had it. If you can't figure out how to make a dollar right now during and, COVID, during COVID, like it, it was never in you to do it. So uh, Access Houston was created from that. So the concept behind me buying the Sprinter was people, people don't want to get COVID. But if they don't get COVID, they're okay with getting COVID from other people that they know. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, uh, they, like, they don't want to get COVID, but if they want to go out and party, go celebrate a birthday, and, and okay, you all, okay, we all know, we're all family, they'll go do it in that situation, that setting. So party buses and Sprinters was really was a key situation because you only partying with people that... You, you either know y'all all got the vaccine or y'all all don't got COVID, right. so you all going to do it. So that was a time where I had to pivot my business strategy because Crush City at that time, we was, it was slowed down. The retail space wasn't really popping like that, and I was trying to identify what else I can get into, how else I can keep making, you know what I mean, making, making my money flip or whatever the case may be. And so uh, that, was, that was real. That was a real thing for me to figure that out. Um, I had to switch my business strategy then, and then... I would say other times were, um, let me see, uh, in the retail space where uh, we took on different campaigns, changed, had to change the business model and the stretch of that based on the campaign that we took on. I think that's the different times, but mainly COVID. COVID was, was a thing for everybody. You had to all figure out, oh, your interview process, going over Zoom. Right. I think that was a big change for a lot of people. I was a I was a fortunate enough to be ahead of the curve where we had already started introducing ourselves to doing things in Zoom and over online versus me having to wait till COVID hit for me to start doing those things. I was already kind of transitioning to that. So when it came in, it was hard. It was a hard hit. I was able to already make that transition and to to get to it. And then I, thankfully, I've always been a, a person that thinks that change is good. So it's never been a situation where I come into it and I'm like, oh, I got to change. My, oh no, this is good. It's going to be hard initially. But once I get through it, it's mm -hmm. going to make sense at the end. 100%. So change has always been good for me. It's never been a point where I was like, oh, I don't want to change. Like, nah, I need to change because change is good. Got you. I've always related change to being something good. So, Got you. Yeah. So you, you brought back the Sprinter. So yeah. let's talk about the Sprinter piece of it as well. Yeah. So you have two different Sprinters? 
No, I got I got one sprinter. I got one sprinter. I got one sprinter. Yeah, I got one sprinter for sure. That's the one I spent the forty two on. The forty two on. Yeah. Okay, okay. And um what's the what's so you ran that out is a two hour experience as well? No, that's a minimum of four hours. So the, the party buses rent out for a minimum of four hours. So the party buses the sprinter rents out for one fifty per hour. The luxury bus, which sits like, so the Sprinter sits like 10 people. You know, it's more for like a, a luxury experience. It's more like a pull-up situation. It's a Mercedes limo Sprinter. Cool. That runs for 150. And then the, the luxury bus, it sits like 16 passengers. It's got like white interior. It's still nice. It's really good for like weddings and things of that nature. That rents for 175 per hour. Then you got your premium party bus that's larger. It sits up like 27 passengers. Mm. Got the pole inside. <laughs> Got the nice music or whatever. That one rents for two hundred dollars per hour, so they all rent for different pay, you know rates based on how many people it sits as well. They all come with the same uh, amenities as far as when it comes to the complimentary things that come with it, um, but they just got different rates based on the sitting range of, of how many it sits. And what's, what's the complimentary things that come with it? Uh, everyone over the age of twenty one, it's going to come with a complimentary bottle of champagne. Um, it comes with Sprite. Coca-Cola, water, ice, cups, napkins, um, uh, Bluetooth capability, um, iPad to control the music with, I, with uh, Apple Music connected to it as well for you. So you get Wi-Fi and all the good stuff, smart TVs. The luxury bus has a Xbox or a PlayStation inside as well. So it's pretty legit on that side of things. So it just makes it comfortable for you to do whatever you need to do as far as on the inside of it and just have a good time. Do you put a lot of marketing dollars behind that? No, oh, no so just... no, I'm so kid you not. I kid you not, bro. Like the marketing for Access Houston as a whole is like the weakest part of the business model. Like the people, as far as like the service that we offer, like the people are is immaculate. The marketing behind it has to be better. That's what we got to get better at. Because naturally, I think the buses don't book as much as they should. They should be booked up. Like I got three. If I got three buses, I think two out two of the three buses should be booked every single weekend. Because there's too much going on in Houston for it not to be booked. True. Right? So it should be booked up. Um, but what I noticed that when my party bike got in, in rotation, I took a lot of my focus and put it on the party bike. And then the party bike was getting booked up like crazy. But now the party bike is getting booked up like crazy, which is good. It kind of runs itself because people can book online. I'm taking my focus back now to go focus on the other side of the, of the business, which is the party buses. So I kind of look at Access Houston as two different divisions. You got the party bike situation where we got the, the second bike coming, so that's, that's, that's like a whole separate division. And then you got the party buses, which is a separate division that does it well as well. So the party buses, the party bike moves by itself. I don't have to really do too much over there with it. I'm going to still put some marketing dollars behind it, but I'm really trying to focus my, my focus is on the party buses, get them moving the right way and put some marketing dollars behind that so that can be kind of rivaling what I'm getting from the party bike. Because the party bike does about 20 the, the party bus should easily do 15. Easily do. Should easily do. It don't do it right now, but it should do 15. It's done it in the past, monthly. but it's monthly. It should easily do monthly 15 for sure, if not 20 when we own our game. You know what I mean? 20 from this, 20 from that. That's, that's a 40 piece. 40. It's a 40 piece all day. For the young woman or the young man that's looking to get in this industry, Okay. Um, they want to start it. Uh, they've been having an idea of you know, doing the same exact thing. Okay. What kind of advice you got for that person? Um, I, I would say this. Uh, it's not too many places you can go where people are going to share a game with you. Like, they just don't do it like they should do it. And I think it's like 
and I'm not I'm not gonna just just go crazy with this, but me being from the Bay, I think the Bay is like one of the, the best places to get game from and it ain't nobody like we're gonna share game. Like that's just how we move. And so to me, you gotta get somewhere where people are willing to share information with you. Willing to share with you how to get around certain things. So coming into the party the party bike business, the party bus business, I had a couple people that was willing to share some information with me. I didn't have to just go out there and bump my head on every turn. Once I made a couple cool connections, I was fortunate enough to get people that's going to share information with me about what I was getting into. Um, with the party bike situation, completely different scenario. It wasn't too many people willing to share information on that side of it, but you know, I got in, I got to figure out some things. But just getting started, as far as what you should do, I think you got to have a mentor. Got to have somebody that can kind of help you out, kind of guide you along the way, kind of give you like a little bit of a blueprint. Um, number two, you uh, um, you know, it got to make sense. It got to make financial sense for you, too. You got to make it make financial sense. And then three, um, you know, don't have your hands in a whole bunch of different pots. Uh, you know, find something, get good at it. Uh, and then once you get good at it, then that money that you made from that one pot is going to flow into other things for you to be able to make more money. So basically you're saying don't start too much. Don't. Because I've been, I've been having this debate in my head too uh, with business. Yeah. Because my wife be coming up with different stuff. Okay. And I'm like, babe, I, I got to focus on this podcast by itself first before I dive into something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to sure. get to a point where it's making X amount of dollars. Yeah then I could go ahead and diversify in different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. You got to do it that way because you'll be a jack of all trades. Master of none. Exactly, right? So when you take that, like I'm talking to people on a regular basis. I'm like, you want to be in this, but you do nothing in your day consists of you trying to do that. You, you want to be in this lane, in this industry, but you don't do nothing out your whole day that feeds you to get in that industry or to get into this space at all, right? You think about, I was watching something like the... Uh, the number one um, genre in podcasting, you know it. It's uh, it's uh, is it murder mystery or something like that? It's 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 uh, reality crimes. Yeah, crime. I know something. Yeah, like something yeah, like, like like that's like the number one thing. And I was looking at it and I seen it. I'm like, dang, that's crazy. Like that's the number one thing is murder and mysteries. That's like what people want to hear about, right? But then you have tons of podcast that's talking about everything else other than the number one thing. I'm like, that's the number one thing. If I ever get into it, shoot, that's what I'm going to do. Right. I'm going to talk about reality crime all day. That's it. I'm going to just take some noise, some stories off CNN and Dateline and be like, hey, guess what? Let me give y'all the story of how this shit went out. And I'm just going to keep running it down. I'm going to run my views up and that's it. Like, I'm not going to do nothing else. Like, you know, it just makes sense. But, you know, I get it. When you got a passion for certain things, you want to probably try to figure out how to make money with it. But, Everything that you're passionate about is going to also make you money. And that's what I have to understand about the event planning situation. Like, I'm passionate about event planning and throwing parties, but I wasn't making no real moolah with that. So I understood that. I'm like, okay, that ain't no play. I got to do something else. And, and, and sometimes your passions ain't, ain't, ain't where you're going to make your money at. You know what I'm saying? So that's a, that's a real thing, too. Ooh, that's, that's a, that is a, such a controversial statement it is it is it is it is because i you got you you know you got your homeboys you got your people that they rappers they've been rapping forever and they ain't made no money <laughs> but they passionate about writing them bars it's like bro sit, sit your ass down right now bro. you ain't making no money doing that like come on now but you never know next year it might be their time that might be they pop so you can't hate on them because they now you're like now you hating 
know what I mean? You can't tell him to be honest with him. So, so I don't, I don't say nothing. I, just, I don't even say nothing. I just, let, hey man, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. I'm gonna support the movie. That's what you want. Okay, cool. Gotcha. But honestly, people gotta have that, those real talks with themselves about what what they really want and what they're doing if it's making sense. So, you know, event plan wasn't making sense for me. And I, I got away from it. I went back to it 2015. I got back into it. Then I actually sat down with myself again and said, okay, you put this much time in this event. It wasn't about you making no money because I had paid for the event. So it wasn't about me making no money. It was just about me putting in time. But when I saw how much time I put in for my return on my investment, I was like, bro, I could have put that same time over here. Mm -hmm. I'd have made this much more money by putting that time in. So I had to step away from that. So. So yeah, I think that's that's one of the things you gotta look at too, though. If it's passion, I grade it as cool. But you know, is, is it making you some money? If it's not making no money, then you, you need to figure something else out. You gotta Got figure you. something else out for sure. Yeah, the one more of these. Okay. What strategies do you use to promote open and effective communicate within your team? Uh, cool. This is a good one. What strategies do you use to use to promote open and effective communication team? Um. I like for my team to know that I'm I'm uh, I'm transparent. Let's let's pause it. I just yeah. see my laptop. What did I let me let me just plug this in real quick. Okay, cool. Okay. Okay. You yeah, there you go. Yes, we sir. Good? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, so I need to read this question over yeah, you, now. You can. You can. Okay. What strategies do you use to to promote open com and effective communication with your team? Um, effective communication and and. I would say normally, okay, so you lead them with transparency. I believe in transparency. I believe in transparency. I don't know I believe in transparency. I believe is bringing myself down to their levels as well. Because too many times where you, I'm trying to communicate or you're trying to communicate with your team and you the owner or whatever the case may be, and they either feel like you're too busy or you're not going to be able to relate. So I want to make sure I'm, able, I'm relatable, like they can relate to my story. Maybe now I can relate to my story to where I'm at now as far as who I am and the status or whatever the case. But, okay, I was once in your shoes before, and I understood how you feel based on where you are right now. And, and you know what I mean? Whatever you're going through, I probably was, man, 10 times worse than that. So let me relate to make it where I can relate and understand what they're going through. So I think that's one of the things. And then just having an open-door policy. Like, I think people don't, they don't really understand how, how real that is. But having an open-door policy where they can, they can talk to you about anything and everything. I think that's really key um, to be able to have those kind of relationships where, they can talk to you about whatever's going on, whatever they think and whatever they got. You know what I mean? And then to know that as, as, as okay, I'm, yeah, I'm going to make a dollar or I'm going to make some money doing the business I'm doing, but I also want you making money too. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, I think that's super key and that allows it to be open to communication, I would say, because, um, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. I mean, you know, we're here to make money, you know what I mean? And so if that's what we're here to do, then I want to help you make it as well. And I think that keeps the open lines of communication as long as they know that you got their best interest at heart. I think that's 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 dope. That's beautiful. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yep. I like these cars too, man. It was this hour of change? Hour of change podcast. Okay. I like that, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. That's that's the logo. Yes, sir. That's good. Okay, I see what you do. How do you balance hiring for experience with hiring for potential and growth? Okay, so experience. I really don't like to hire people with experience. I, I, I don't even like doing it. What? I don't like doing it. I don't even like hiring people with experience. I don't. I, I'd rather not even hire you. I, I tell people all day, all day long, you got experience? Okay, yeah, I don't even want Because people with experience, they think they know it all. Got you. And they, 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 they're not coachable. 
So then, or they take the experience they got from somewhere else and try to bring it to your situation. And I'm like, you, this is nothing like you've ever done before. Or does it depends on what, or does it depend on which position that comes with? That's true, but for what I do, people with experience are normally not good situations. They're just normally not good situations. So, so I don't like to hire. Do I hire? Yeah, I could, but I, I refrain. So if I do hire somebody and they got to, they make one false move, I'm already thinking about you need to get out the dough. Because my concept is hire fast and fire faster. So I'm a hire <laughs> fast, but as soon as you make a, I'm firing you just as fast as I hired right. you, right? So that's, that's super key for me for all day. Now, with that being said, I like people with, with no experience. I like to be—I like you to be a clean slate. I can paint you how I need you to be. I can mold you how I need you to be. I ain't got to worry about you having some other thoughts of what you want to do. I, I can just give you everything that you need directly from me. So that's, that's my reason for it. Um, and, and people with uh, uh, potential and growth. Potential is cool. Potential is good. You got to put people some potential and growth opportunities there as well there. But I don't really care to hire people with experience. I don't, I don't really, nah, I don't look for that. What's if it, When it's on a resume, I don't even care for it. <laughs> I don't call. I don't even, I don't, nah, I don't even care for it. Yeah. So that's like automatic no. It's n <sighs> yes and no, man. Like, don't get me wrong. Because I get where you're going if they, with If it. they come in and they, uh, they're a student about it. And they're not chest out. Yeah, like I know this. I know everything. I'm looking. It's like nah. You know what I mean? Like if they come in humble about the situation. Okay, cool. Because at some point you will be able to pull from your experiences. But if you come in and you think your experiences is everything, well, if your experience was everything, why are you sitting in front of me right now for an interview? If everything was great, why are you sitting in front of me right now? Great point. Yeah. If everything was great and your experience was so much that you wouldn't have lost the last job you had or whatever went wrong over there. Right. Or for you to start looking for something else. Right. So that's another thought. But if they come in with with understanding that, yeah, I can hire them. You know what I mean? But they got to have an understanding that, you know, they don't know everything. And that sometimes people come to experience. They, they feel like they know everything. What's the vision and goal for Access Houston? Um, vision and goal. So I want to get to six party buses slash sprinters or whatever, right? So like another sprinter and maybe two more party buses. I want to get to six. That's my goal to get to six party buses. I want to get to... And you at two now? I'm at, I'm at three. Three, okay. I want so to get to three six. More. Three more. Three more. So another sprinter and two more party buses. And I want to get to uh, three party bikes as well. I want to get to three. I'm at two now. I'm about to be at two. I want to get to three. So that's the goal as far as just fleet-wise. You know what I mean? Um, uh, On that front, yeah. how do you know when to expand to get another one and another one? Great question. So I know when to expand with the party bike business when I'm getting more bookings that I, can, that I can't take them all. Got you. So I'm like, oh, man, we need to get that other bike because I can't take them. Like, they want, they want this time, and I can't. we already booked. If I had another bike, I can give them another time. So now I know it's time for me to expand based on that. With the, with the buses, it's similar to the same thing, but a little bit different when it comes to that because some buses are more popular than others. Like my luxury bus is more popular in the summertime for weddings and things of that nature, right? Okay, cool. The, the, the big bus rents out, shoot, year out, like any time. The Sprinter can rent out any time as well, but, but the big bus probably rents out a little bit more. 
So based off of those bookings and how that happens, I'll know to expand based off that. Um, I'm sure the party bike will probably expand faster than the party bus, just based off how it's been moving over the past few months. But once I put my focus back in on the party, the party bike, I mean the party buses, um, I think it it'll turn up, and then I'll start to be able to kind of identify that because I haven't been through all the seasons just yet, and that's one of the things I'm also understanding because I haven't been through all the seasons just yet as far as like. Okay, this is how much I can expect bookings during April because you got home or you got a prom season. Okay, this is how many bookings I can expect during Valentine's Day because you got sweethearts and all this other. This is how many bookings I can expect during Christmas time. I haven't seen enough of that for me to know how to um, project my business when it comes to how many bookings are going to come. Like I can do a little estimation based off last year in some kind of way. But it's, I, I like to have more data for me to be able to say, okay, this is what I can expect from this. And, and what will be a good number of data points? How many seasons? I think I, I, think two, I need three years? I think three years. I need at least solid three years to know what I can expect from that. Because, you know, them, them, them early COVID years wasn't no, real, wasn't no real year. There wasn't no real data from that. You know what I mean? So I need a solid three years away from COVID where I can say, okay, yeah, this is, this is what I can expect this business to do. And that's when I can start evaluating is it worth my time? You know what I mean? Because at that point in time, I might say, you know what? I can go and sell these buses. The bike is where it's at. You know what I mean? Kind of like GE. I don't know if you heard of a uh, General uh, Electric. Yeah, you've heard of uh, man, the guy, man. Um, freak, I can't even think of his name right now. But he was like uh, the the he was ranked number one CEO for the past for the past hundred years or something like that. And it was um, Jack Welch. Jack Welch. So Never Jack Welch, <clears throat> G GE, Jack Welch uh, was, became the CEO of, of GE. And GE at the time, back in the day, they used to have like so many different um, businesses that they was involved in. You know what I mean? They did. They made spoons. They made knives. They made this. They made that. They made stoves. They made light bulbs. They, they do have a lot of products. They had, but they had, back in the day they had even more products. Jack Welch came in and was like, okay, you know what? Them products is not producing and that's not effective for us. So he fired that whole department and said, what's the two main products we got? Okay, these are the two main products. Okay, these are the two we focused on. And then that's when GE came back and uh, kind of like got to the top of whatever industry they were in at the time or whatnot. And so that's the same way I'm looking at access. He's like, okay, well, all right, I'm going to have another division because I'm going to do the tow truck situation. You know what I mean? That's going to come about. I, I'm probably going to call it something different, but it's essentially going to be all transportation in a way. Right. So when I look at that and say, okay, well, which businesses bring me the most revenue that, that needs my time? Which one can I cut off of and probably take that time and dial it in this, this other division that's going to bring me more revenue? You know what I mean? When I look at that, I'm going to need three years of data to be able to look at that and say, okay, this is what it is. All right, party buses, that was cool. I liked it, but it ain't bringing me enough revenue. Let me take that money that I'm going to get from that, buy me six more bikes or whatever. And then I got bikes and I got two more trucks, whatever, two more tow trucks. Whatever, and I'm, 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 I'm going to dial in with that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'll be able to kind of identify where I need to really put my time at. You just sparked a question. What is the insurance like in this business? Because yeah. you have people that's on these bikes. Yeah. What's the insurance like with that? The insurance is crazy, but uh, not only is it, is, it, is it crazy, it's affordable. Uh, but you just got to make sure people sign off on their waivers. People sign off on their waivers, that's, that's a real thing. Um, I know there was somebody who uh, tragically you know, had a bad experience uh, some year, a couple years ago in another city or whatnot. 
And so, and that guy that ran that business at the time didn't have his people sign off on the waivers, so he ended up losing his business. But for me, I just make sure my people sign off on waivers, and that, those waivers kind of protect me legally when it comes to certain things. And then my people are pretty safe. We got seat belts for people as well, so you're super safe on the bike. Um, don't get me wrong, people are drinking, but for the most part, the route that we run, we super slow with it. So. I don't really foresee like anything tragedy like you know going down on that side of it, but you know the insurance is it's it's a little bit it's, it's, it costs a little bit but but you still come out on the other end profitable just you know even with paying the insurance for it so that's what's up it makes sense that's what's up yeah let's just let's just do one more of these before we wrap it up okay cool let's see what we got what strategies do you employ to gather feedback from existing customers and act on their suggestions. Um, so uh, we get a lot of we get a lot of uh, reviews, um, and then we get some customers that are probably not. A, man, they get upset, like for sure, like especially with the bike in the buses. They'll get upset with certain certain little things where we have certain clauses to make sure everyone's safe, and they might not have read everything before they decided to come book with us. So now we got to go over that. Like what? Give me an example. So I would say um, just a small example, like what you can bring onto the bike. You can't bring any glass bottles onto the bike. Okay, but they show up with glass bottles and now they like, oh, well, what am I going to do with my liquor? Okay, well, you can, you can pay us $5 for this plastic container we're going to sell you because we told you you couldn't have no glass bottles on it. Or, you know, we, have, we do have a weight restriction. You can't be over 300 pounds to get on the bike. You know what I mean? You come out, you 305, 306, you can't get on. It's per person. Like, I got to worry about the safety of everybody else. And like you said, insurance, right? right. So those things are, are there. So, but taking their feedback as far as when it comes to uh, how we could have handled that situation better, or maybe we could have sent out a text message ahead of time before they get there. You know what I mean? Like Just little reminders. reminders for them as well. Um, having a, a, a FAQ where it's more visible than just the website. Maybe it's all on our social media as well for them. So just little things we, we take in consideration. Um, even if it comes down to, you know, hey, what music is played, you know, and how long we, we stay on the tour and what time is this. So we take all those things in consideration and we've gotten some great ideas from our, our customers and clients that we've uh, done business and serviced as well. Um, and we put all that in the pot and we figure out how to make it work. So. We, we we take we take that in consideration. That's that's a real thing for us for sure. Got you. Yeah, for real. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it up, um, before we got started, we were talking a little bit about the books. Mm -hmm. um, if you was to recommend, what's your well? Before I ask that question, yeah. What's your top five nonfiction books? Top five. I'm or, gonna go or the with books that you recommend someone read that want to get into business. Okay, I'm going to get into business. I'm going to give you my top five. Go ahead, that's cool. My top five. I'm going to go with 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, for sure. I'm going to go with 48 Laws of Power. I'm going to go with How Successful People Think by John C. Maxwell. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with... I'm on my fourth one. I'm going to go with Grant Cardone, uh, Sell or Be Sold, because I think you're either selling or you're buying, whichever one, you're either doing sure. one of them. So I'm going to go Sell or Be Sold by Grant Cardone. And then number five, I'm going to go with... Mm, another top five book that I would go with. Oh, uh, 
good leaders ask great questions. Good leaders, oh, no, 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 take that back. Take that back, take that back. Reposition yourself by uh, uh, T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Reposition yourself. That was a book I read that helped me out in so many key ways. <coughs> Reposition yourself by T.D. Jakes. I think I'm going to go with that for sure. I'm going to check that one out too. Yeah. I just Dope. listened to one of T.D. Jakes' talks uh, a few, maybe like two weeks ago. Man, that, I could, t- Fire. he the mind. Yeah, yeah. He the mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For he the sure. mind. He got shit. Um, my wife been wanting to do the bus thing, okay. but a different concept. Okay. So maybe when she gets ready to do that, you know, I'll have her yeah. reach out. It's all good. You know? It's so all good. I, sure. I truly appreciate that. Um, before we close it out, I just want to let you know, man, I truly, truly, truly appreciate the time and the opportunity you gave me to come here and sit with you. Yes, sir. Um, I don't take that lightly. Uh, you know, you could be doing anything else, but you decided to give me an hour of your time, and I am honored for that. And I appreciate the wisdom, the knowledge you dropped for us today. And um, I'm sending more wins your way, man. I'm sending more blessings your way. Yes, sir. Thank I'm you. sending all that to you, man. More love, more. Anything you touch, may your business expand from one man to another, man. So send all that your way. Yes, sir. One last thing. I yes. went to a networking event in Atlanta. Okay. And I stayed at an Airbnb. And I had the pleasure of meeting the owner of the Airbnb. We sat down and talked. Just I mean, you know, we, okay. we talked. The following morning, he was taking me to the airport, and he gave me a sheet of paper. And he was like, hey, here are some ideas for your podcast. And it was a question on that that stood out to me. And this segment of the podcast is forever dedicated to him. And that question said, the world is listening. If it's one piece of advice you can give to humanity, what would it be? I want to pose that question to you. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. You know what I mean? Like, in every aspect, I think about paying it forward because somebody did it for me. So, you know what I mean, whether it's a second chance or whether it's whatever, I think you just got to figure out, find ways to pay it forward. If you do that, the world's a better place for sure, off top. Couldn't close it out no better than that. There you go. There Thank you, you go. for your time. Absolutely. Peace.